Tales of a Chicana Woman, the podcast about life experiences and adulting. Advice, tips, and insight to help you along your way. Here's your host, Emily Z. Hey, what's up? Glad to have you back for another episode. This is episode seven, Getting a Job. And as you can tell from this episode's title, I want to help you out with your resume and cover letter, which are essential things that you need for getting a job, along with giving you job interview etiquette tips and sharing the resources that you'll need as you start job searching. Now, I brought a special guest for today. She is the Academic and Career Advising Director for ULV, Amanda Miller, And for today's episode, she dropped some amazing gems that are super informational and will be helpful to you. You have to think of a resume as being your marketing tool when you are applying for jobs. So you always want to start, you know, a cover letter with a self-introduction, write about, you know, who you are, you know, where your expertise lies, uh, you know, where you found the job posting, and then why you want to apply for the job. After you do the research, you're able to tie you know, your own skills, your own strengths, your own qualifications um, to, you know, the research that you've done through the job description and also through um, being able to connect with the company itself. Now let's get started. Miss Miller, what is a resume? Okay, so a resume, you have to think of a resume as being your marketing tool when you are applying for jobs. So it is essentially, you know, either on one page, uh, preferably on one page, you know, or two pages, Uh, being able to describe, you know, your education, your experience. Um, So you have to think about it as the kind of your marketing tool when it comes to looking for jobs. Um, And like I said, there's many opportunities where you can make your resume visible, whether through LinkedIn or even through um, several platforms, uh, such as, you know, Handshake, for example, is another platform. Uh, There's, uh, like I said, tons of platforms out there where you can, you know, showcase your resume and make it public. So when employers and recruiters are looking for someone, um, they can, you know, take a look at your resume without even, you know, having to do that much work. Um, And so, you know, you have to think of it as your marketing tool to showcase, you know, why you're a qualified candidate. Gotcha. Just to go further in depth into resumes, what do resumes have to have or should contain in them? You know, it, it depends on, you know, what type of, you know, industry you're going into. But I would say when you're thinking of a kind of a, just a basic resume, you know, obviously contact information. Um, so that way they remember, you know, you know, who you are, especially if you are at a recruiting event, you know, they, um, they will remember, you know, your, they, they have your contact information, they won't have to, you know, go searching through it. Um, or if they wrote it down and forgot it on, you know, a post-it note, you know, they don't have to worry about that. Um, education. And then also within education is, you know, highlighting, um, especially for a recent graduate, uh, highlighting, you know, GPA, if you have above a 3.5, being able to highlight if you were on the dean's list, any related courses, especially for new graduates um, and, you know, undergraduate students who may not have the full work experience is highlight some of, you know, these, you know, hands-on classes that you are, you know, learning, you know, the skills that you need in order to land a specific job. Uh, So related courses, I think sometimes, um, a lot of times when I'm meeting with students, it is very common for 
you know, students to forget that they can use the, their courses and the skills that they've learned in their courses and use that um, in their resume. And then you have professional experience um, and even relevant experience when it comes to volunteering. Uh, you know, it doesn't always have to be full-time, you know, job, you know, employment um, experiences. It can also be volunteer experiences. And I think the biggest thing is understanding that through these various experiences, um, as I like to call them, because it could be either a professional experience, volunteer experience, internship experience, there's, you know, your learning skills that can be transferable into the workforce. And if, you know, students can learn how to tie those transferable skills to their resume and also tie it to maybe the job description, uh, that makes a, you know, a resume powerful. It doesn't, you know, at that point, you know, we're not just necessarily looking at, you know, our employers might not just necessarily be looking at, you know, what, you know, how many full-time employment experiences you've had, but they've also, they can also look at, well, you know, these are the skills that we're looking for. And, you know, this, um, you know, candidate has them. Um, and then also adding any type of, you know, technical skills, awards, recognitions, any memberships, affiliations. I understand, you know, there's tons of, uh, you know, memberships uh, and professional organizations that students, um, you know, become a member of through um, their either educational experiences or sometimes certifications. Uh, so I would say those are, I would say education, experiences, skills, awards, recognitions, memberships, and then certifications. Thank you. You mentioned earlier that um, resumes are tailored or, you know, tweaked for certain jobs or certain industries that you want to get into. But let's say that you gained experience from uh, something totally different that is separate from the industry that you're trying to get into, should you still include that job experience that you gained or should you leave that out? You know, and that, that's where um, sometimes it, it just depends. Um, to be honest, depends on, you know, if that is the only experience that a student may have, uh, then we really have to look at looking at the transferable skills that students learned and, you know, one opportunity that can also be transferred to another, even if they have nothing to do with each other. Um, like I said, there's ways to, you know, work around a resume to highlight, you know, specific skills that a student has to help them, you know, showcase that although, you know, I don't have, you know, direct, you know, experience in a specific field, I did learn these skills in my, you know, current role that can be transferred. So it's just a matter of showcasing. I mean, yes, obviously, if if you know you have work experience that is related, um, then you can take things away. You know, I always say, you know, to have kind of the you know huge resume that has everything you've ever done, and then when it comes to specific opportunities, um, tailoring it to that specific role. But if all your experience is in, in an industry that it can be completely different, um, finding ways to use those skills that you've learned that can be transferred to the different role. Now, how long should resumes be? Because I know for myself, I was always told by teachers, um, mentors, whoever it was, to keep a resume to one page. Is that something that, you know, someone who is applying for a job should keep it to a minimum of one page? Yeah, it depends on the resume. There's there's specific resumes, for example, a chronological resume, which has to be kept to one page. Uh, but then you have, like I said, functional 
um, chrono-functional combo resumes where it doesn't have to necessarily be one page. Um, and like I said, making it one page sometimes seems impossible uh, to students, but the reality is there's lots of ways to make it one page. And whether that be combining bullet points, whether that be you know um, using narrow margins, changing the font size, um, I've helped students uh, when they, you know, thought, you know, there's no way I'm going to get this down to one page. Um, it's possible. Um, it's just being okay with kind of letting go of some skills that, you know, you don't need to keep in your resume and combining certain um, bullet points. And a lot of times that's what it comes down to is, um, you know, combining bullet points, narrowing the margins, uh, being okay with just keeping some stuff out for this specific resume, um, you know, for specific position. Um, but there, yeah, there, it just depends on the type of resume. Um, it doesn't have to be one page, uh, but if you are following the chronological format, then yes, it should be one page. But like I said, there's other types of resumes out there. Um, and as long as, you know, I always tell students, you know, if you are happy with it, then, you know, in the end, that's also what matters because, you know, it's a reflection of who you are and your experience. Um, but we also have to try and tailor it as best as possible to specific roles and um, job descriptions. Yeah, I totally get that. Something that I was also told um, from my teachers and mentors and so forth is that to keep my references separate from my resume. Um, is that correct to do? Correct. Yes, you can always, you know, uh, you know, resume is one piece to it. There can be a cover letter to it. And then additionally, you can have a separate page for references. So that way, if the employer is specifically just wanting to know why you're interested in this position, they're going to look at your cover letter. If they want to know how you're qualified, they're going to look at, you know, your resume. And then when it comes to the references, if they want to, uh, you know, ensure that, you know, what you are saying is accurate, then, you know, then they're going to, you know, reach out to references. Um, and so it can be, you know, a, a, essentially a three page document, cover letter, resume, uh, references. And a lot of times they, you know, they will ask for references. Um, and then sometimes they won't. Um, so it, it, it really is, um, you can always, you know, have it just to be, you know, prepared, um, and, you know, make it a separate page, but I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't include it into the actual resume. I would, you know, make it a separate page. So that way it's easier for the employer, the recruiter, whoever is looking at the resume, um, and your information to specifically go to the information that they, um, need. So you mentioned something that I wanted to ask about, which is that of a cover letter. What is a cover letter and its purpose? So the purpose of a cover letter is to showcase, uh, you know, why you're passionate about the position. And, you know, other, it also gives you an opportunity to highlight maybe a specific project that you worked on. Um, so you always want to start, you know, a cover letter with a self-introduction, write about, you know, who you are, you know, where your expertise lies, uh, you know, where you found the job posting, and then why you want to apply for the job. You know, I always tell students, this is, you know, your opportunity to showcase why, you know, you're so passionate about the work that you are, you know, seeking. Um, and then, like I said, the body paragraphs can include bullet points. Um, you know, it can, you could respond, you know, to the job description, you know, written, you know, by, you know, the HR, the hiring manager, you can describe your um, previous job experiences, you can describe your skills, abilities um, that are going to help you meet, 
the company's, you know, needs or um, the industry with, you know, whatever that you're going into. And like I said, you can include, you know, bullet points. Um, you can also emphasize, like, especially if you worked on a big project where maybe you increased, you know, the number of, you know, students who attended a specific workshop by, you know, 50%. Um, adding any type of data to showcase, you know, the type of work. Um, and then, like I said, you can also do research into the company. So if they have specific mission, you know, values, um, you can always showcase how you can connect, you know, to their mission and their values. And then, um, you know, ending it with, you know, a call to action um, in regards to, you know, inform the hiring manager that you'd, you know, love to go in for an interview. And then same thing, making sure that you provide contact information and let them know that you'll reach out, you know, in a week and, you know, you thank them for spending time on reading, you know, your cover letter and going through uh, your resume. So uh, it's just a matter of, you know, really, you know, highlighting, you know, your one, your expertise, your abilities, job experiences, and, you know, letting them know how passionate you are about uh, the position. So, Ms. Miller, we got a question from a listener, and I think this is a really great question. And here it is. What are the do's and don'ts for a cover letter? Things that you don't want to do is, especially in the opening paragraph, is um, you don't want to just kind of address it to kind of keep it open. So you, you do want to specifically address it to, you know, the name of the hiring manager. Some other things you can do is explain how you can help. And try not to focus on, you know, what the company can do for you. Not focusing too much, you know, on, I would say, overall education experience, but more on your skills. So highlighting, you know, how, you know, specific skills and also projects that you've done, you know, can make you the qualified candidate. And then, you know, of course, you know, never mention anything negative, making sure that you do research the company, look out for is making sure that you address the name of the company as well. Um, so that way they know that you are, you know, reviewing your cover letter and not just using the same cover letter, uh, from, you know, one job to the next. Um, so that, like I said, those are just a kind of a few kind of do's and don'ts of, you know, how you can, um, you know, things to look out for. And, you know, like I said, one of the biggest things is just that I, you know, that I find, um, an error is a lot of times students won't address the name of the hiring manager and they may not revise it for you know the name of a different company that they're applying for and you know if they use the same one over and over um and we you know for each for each resume for each cover letter it's a lot of work um and you know tailoring it to meet the job description i would say is is also a do is making sure that you you know students are looking at the keywords that the you know, employer is looking for and using those same keywords into the cover letter, into the resume. So that way you're speaking the same language, you know, as the employer. Miss Miller, we got one more question from a listener and here it is. I got a job interview. What are some things to look forward to in an interview? So there's, like I said, we, uh, there's different ways to prepare for the interview there. And there's also different types of interviews. Like I said, there's structured interviews, unstructured, um, and, you know, some of them have a panel. Uh, so one is also kind of, you know, you can ask, you know, if it's going to be an interview panel, what type of interview it's going to be in it. And those are questions that it's okay to ask. Um, and so there's the whole interview process. You have pre-interview, interview, and post-interview. 
Um, with pre-interview, that goes back to what I was saying previously is researching the employer. Uh, you know, utilize, like I said, either the employer website, look for their mission values, their philosophy, the products or services that they sell. Um, like I said, by researching, you're going to see kind of a natural alignment of your interest, skills, values, like I said, your career goals as it relates to the employer. Um, and then you'll be able to articulate an authentic fit with that organization because, like I said, it goes back to using the same language that they're using. And then also studying the specific, the specific position that you're applying for. Um, you know, reread the position description and familiar side, you know, get familiar with the duties and responsibilities um, that is being considered um, in the job description. Um, you know, familiarize yourself with, uh, like I said, just the overall description and be able to match, like I said, your relevant experience. Um, and then, like I said, knowing, like I said, the skills, the qualifications, you know, the strengths that you bring, you know, being able, and that goes after you do the research, you're able to tie you know, your own skills, your own strengths, your own qualifications um, to, you know, the research that you've done through the job description and also through um, being able to connect with the company itself. And as I mentioned, you know, there's different ways to research companies, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Glassdoor, you also have Payscale, those are just a few different, um, you know, resources out there. And when it comes to the interview, you know, being prepared you know, for the interview, that's, you know, the second part to it. Um, you know, you, you do the research, um, you prepare, you maybe practice some mock interviews. Um, and like I said, with, uh, with the career center, you can practice mock interviews. Um, and there's also like I said, softwares out there where you can practice um, on a specific software before you, you know, actually, if you don't want to maybe meet with someone right away to do a mock interview, there's um, softwares out there that, you know, will give you feedback um, instantly. And so the, the day of the interview, you want to, like I said, arrive, you know, early or just be prepared early. You know, if it's a, you know, right now we're in a virtual world. Um, so, you know, even if you, uh, you know, just be prepared um, a little early, you know, try going into the room if you can, you know, 15 minutes early or just be, be ready, um, you know, 15 minutes early. Um, have extra copies of your resume ready if it's in person or, you know, if it's in a virtual uh format, you know, just having that ready to go. So if they do, um, you know, ask for your resume, um, then, you know, you can send that either, like I said, through the chat box via email. Um, and then, like I said, have kind of like a professional, like I always say, like a professional, like portfolio that uh, you can use to write notes. So that way, if, you know, they are asking you questions and you're not too familiar um, or you need to just write down something so that way you remember what the question is. And then just remember to be, you know, confident, relaxed, um, dress professionally. And, and that those are kind of like day of interview. Um, and then also, you know, have questions prepared for after the interview. Um, and, and then post interview, you can send a thank you email. And it can be, like I said, it doesn't have to be too long winded. I always say, you know, 24 to 48 hours after an interview. Uh, you should send uh, just a thank you um, and letting them know that you're thankful for the opportunity and, you know, maybe highlight a key part of the interview and let them know again why you're interested in that specific job title because uh, they might be interviewing for different um, job positions. And so just highlight the job title again. So that way, if it is, you know, um, 
type of, you know, recruiting event that's going on and they're hiring for, you know, several positions. They know specifically which position, you know, you're applying for. And then, um, and yeah, it's you know, a simple thank you, uh, like I said, 24 to 48 hours um, after. So I kind of gave you like the whole, you know, pre-interview, um, day of interview and post-interview kind of how to prepare. Well, that was it for today's episode. Thank you, Miss Miller. You're welcome. This was episode seven, getting a job. Don't forget to catch me next Friday with a new episode. You've been listening to Tales of a Chicana Woman with your host, Emily Z. Follow Tales of a Chicana Woman on Twitter at Tales of a Chicana. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you for listening. Join Emily Z again next week on Friday. This podcast was student produced at the University of Laverne.